Phase Zero's Road to Deadpool 3 continues. The X-Men Rewatch Marathon. We're back on track with X2 today. This is recap, review, discussion, all the things. X2, X-Men United on BD, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. We got Jamie Jurek. Monday morning. We got Aaron Marine. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> A lot's going on because it's X2 day, everybody. Yeah, you welcome to the program. If you have missed it, we already did the first X-Men movie. There is a X-Men discussion and recap. It might be a little further down the podcast feed because we've done quite a few episodes since then. There was a little spider, well, not, not a spider movie, a little movie that came out with a few episodes about that. We had some fantastic news along the way. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, now it's time for X2. I think we might just roll straight into X3 for next week because we don't have... A bonus episode for now. Let's just, are you guys down? Are you guys down to just yeah. roll straight into X2? Yeah. Let's do it. I really hope they make that movie. After watching X2, I'm like, wow, there's so much setup here. I really hope I get to see where the story goes. And I bet whatever X3 ends up becoming is going to be amazing, right? There's no way that movie's not fantastic. So much so, potential. Oh, so much potential for X2. We're going to start with X2. Uh, you know the drill. We're going we're gonna to recap the movie. By we, I mean Jamie. And then we're going to do a little detailed discussion, and then we'll give it a little 10 score and then a phase zero ranking with the average of our scores at the end of today's episode. So at that point, save your 10 scores. Drop them in at the end. We want to hear what you all think of X2 as well. Thanks to everybody who rewatched and is joining us to watch this discussion. All right. Without further ado, the moment you've all been waiting for, Jamie Jarrell, it's your time. It is okay. your time. I got I to gotta be honest. I'm a little nervous about this one because even I've seen this one probably the most, but so much happens like jumping around there's so many characters to follow i don't like because i don't prepare for this there's a good chance i'm going to do this out of order and i just want you guys to be ready for uh for that um i hope that that's okay uh but are we ready as i'll ever be yeah all right we start Charles voiceover talking about mutation, just like the first movie. Bam, we've got the opening credits. All of a sudden, here we are. The movie starts, the White House. So we're getting a White House tour. But there's a mysterious man in a trench coat. Who could he be? He looks like someone who shouldn't be in the White House. All of a sudden, attack mode. He's floofing here. He's floofing here. If you know comics, you know this is Nightcrawler. It's an amazing action scene. All the Secret Service is going after him. He's here. We're safe. Oh, no. He's not here. Oh, and then all of a sudden, he gets into the Oval Office. He's right on top of the president. He's got a knife, but oh, a Secret Service agent shoots him just in time. He poofs away. The knife falls down, and we see that it says, Mutant Freedom. Cut to a snowy Alaska. Logan is searching for something. He's looking around. What could it be? It seems as though he's finally gotten to his destination. He is in Canada. He's in Alkaline Lake. What is this place? He's looking around, but... Whatever it is, it is now destroyed. You can tell by his sad face that the end of his journey has come. He still does not know who he is. Oh, look, there's a wolf. That's random. All of a sudden, the wolf transforms into a, a museum wolf. We call that editing. And now the, we're in a museum. Looks like Professor X and all the teachers are taking the kids on a field trip. There, it looks like a natural history museum. And they're learning stuff. Everything is going down. We're checking in. Oh, Storm's here. Jean and Scott are here. And you know what? Something's going on with Jean. I don't know what is going on with this girl. But her powers, they're getting a little 
crazy. Scott's like, I'm worried about you. You used to have to concentrate to move a chair, and now you shake and when, and when you sleep at night. A whole room shakes. Oh, no, what could be happening? And then, meanwhile, the cool kids, the older kids, the popular kids are hanging out in the museum food court. Uh, that we got Bobby. We got Rogue. We got, oh, John Pyro. You may know him from a little movie trailer called uh, Wolver Deadpool and Wolverine. They're messing around. But then these big bullies come by, and they're like, hey, you're Rogue. You're, you're hot. What's going on? And they're like, leave us alone. But, uh a fight ensues and all of a sudden pyro powers then we've got Iceman powers and then and then all of a sudden freeze powers professor x steps in and he's like okay we're in a museum this isn't good we're all frozen let's get the heck out of here and they're like bye-bye all right and now we're uh, back at the white house and the president has called in one Senator Kelly, but we know from the last movie that Senator Kelly is dead. That's really mystique. Don't forget about what happened in the last movie. And he's like, we need to do something. You used to hate the mutants, but now you like mutants. That's suspicious. It's because you're not really Senator Kelly, is it? And uh, But then, what's this guy? We've got another man here. That is William Stryker. You know him. You hate him. He's here, baby. And he's like, we've got to do something We've got to do something about this mutant problem. And he's like, look, I've got all these facts. Look at this school. They've got a jet under the basketball court that's real sus and he's like don't worry i know how we can get there i have ways got the ways app on his phone and he used better internet than jamie to download it oh no <laughs> he's back and, uh oh i'm back okay so uh and then senator kelly fake senator kelly shakes this woman's hand he's like what is handshake and that's because we we find out later who she is but i won't spoil it yet and then so all of a sudden we got a uh, striker he's going into magneto's cell he's been putting something in his neck to get into his brain and get him to talk and he reveals where xavier's school is that's not good he he's turning on his friend but it's not his fault because he's getting brainwashed and then there's a security guard there who's a real asshole but i bet he's gonna get kind of him later and then back at the school all of a sudden the kids are hanging out and then we hear vroom vroom and rogue's like yay logan's home and logan comes in and iceman's like oh, i'm rogue's boyfriend and logan's like oh yeah how does that work which is a really inappropriate thing to ask teenagers and they're like we're working on it and he's like okay cool and then uh scott and professor x they're like listen we have to go figure some stuff out gene and uh storm have to go find this guy who attacked the president it's weird he's flooping around i'm having trouble finding him but we think we can send him which means logan can you watch the kids tonight and he's like sure dude and so then it's at night and uh meanwhile but meanwhile storm and uh, gene they go to i uh to find this guy and it's kurt and he's so cool he's a mutant and he's blue and he's he used to be in the circus and he also has this like really interesting fascination with religion and there's a lot going on here and he's like i didn't have to do it on per i can't do his accent i'm not gonna try he's like i didn't do it on purpose they got in my head and they're like oh come with us and then meanwhile uh scott and and professor rex are going to the going to see magneto and they're like what's going on he's like and magneto's like i'm so sorry charles they made me do it oh no what's gonna happen come back to the school we got bobby and and uh, Logan chilling out in the kitchen and Logan's like, you got any beer? And he's like, this is a school. He's like, okay, get some soda out of the cabinet. And he's like, okay, I'm going to taste that soda. Who? And it's really kind of weirdly sexy, this scene. And then they're just chatting and he's like, my parents live in Boston and they don't know that I'm a mutant. And he's like, oh man, that's so sad. And then uh, all of a sudden, boom, oh, oh, the school's being attacked. What's going on? Oh no, all the students, there's chaos. They 
things are happening. The girls run through walls. We probably know who that is. And then all of this. Oh, Colossus is also there. Is also there for some reason. Oh yeah, he's there too. He's watching kids, and they're getting all the kids through the tunnels. But uh, then all of a sudden, Logan sees Stryker, and he's like, something was jogging in his memory, but he's not quite sure what. And Stryker's like, Logan, I did this something to you. And Logan's like, what? But then all of a sudden, Bobby uses his ice powers to put a block through them. And Logan's like, no, I needed the truth. Let me stay. And Rogue's like, but we need your help. So then the, all the kids are somewhere, but... Uh, John, Bobby, Rogue, and Wolverine, they get into Scott's car and they're like, we're driving away. And the NSYNC plays on the radio and they find this weird phone and they're like, let's go to Boston. Cool. And meanwhile, all the kids, they get kidnapped. They're, they are kidnapped by Stryker. And so all this is going down. They're figuring it out. Back in Boston, we meet Bobby's parents and Rogue and Bobby finally kiss and it's like, yeah, they can kiss. Oh, she's got ice coming out of her mouth. And then all of a sudden, Bobby's parents come home and it gets a little awkward because he has to come out to them as a mutant and she's like, have you ever tried not being a mutant? And then what? And then they're like, what kind of professor are you, Logan? And he's like, art. And so lies are being told. Truths are being told. And Bobby's little brother, he hates it. He's so jealous. He's jealous that his brother can do Iceman things. So he calls the cops and he says, there are Rogue in my house so the cops come and a big showdown comes out and logan gets shot in the head but no worries because they get rescued now the teams are coming back together we've got gene and nightcrawler and storm and everybody now they're all on the ship and they're like flying and they're like yay we're saved but oh no now they're in bad airspace and they're whatever's happening they get shot down rogue almost flies out of the the, the plane but nightcrawler saves her it's really intense they're about to crash but then here's what happens they get saved because backtrack a little bit magneto uh he got he got rescued from his cell because what happened was rogue or mystique turned into rebecca romaine and flirted with remember that mean security guard i was telling you about well he got duped he got drugged and he got iron in his blood and next time he came in to see his cell magneto was like hmm something's different a lot of iron in your blood sucked out all the iron he's now got metal back in his powers he's escaping and here's the thing don't trust a beautiful woman especially if she's interested in you dumb security guy so that guy's dead so they're out so now here's the thing here's where the title comes in x-men 2 united magneto and mystique save everybody in their crashing plane they're all coming together they're united now they're in the woods they're figuring out the plan they're like listen striker has got professor x something's going down we got to save them and then all of a sudden gene and logan have a little scene and she's like listen logan girls don't go for the bad guy they married the good guy but they're gonna kiss anyway and then it's like oh don't make me do this and then he's he's in his little tent really dealing with the moment and then she comes back in and they make out steamily but up oh, turns out it's mystique she's messing with his head it turns into storm she turns into rogue and he's like ah, i can't look at these women sexually this is uncomfortable and then they're like okay we've got a plan and so now we're all gonna come together and we're gonna stop this striker from whatever his plans are and so cut to they're all they're all gonna rescue everybody but a lot of stuff goes down here okay so Woo! Well, first of all, Wolverine's like, this place is familiar. Maybe this is where I got the animation put in my body. I don't know. Oh, I'm going to fight this woman. You, that's right. Remember that woman I talked about before? That's Deathstrike. She's got claws in her fingers. And now they're going to do this fight. Meanwhile, Scott, he's got that manipulated thing in his brain. You know, uh, just like Magneto had. So he's shooting at Gene. That's a lot of his life. But no, they're fighting. Things are crumbling down because of this. But somehow she manages to snap him out of it. So now Scott's good again. Meanwhile, the real plan's unfolding. They've got Professor X in there, and what Stryker is doing is oh, he has a son. His name is Jason, and he's a mutant too. And he's and, and but he wanted Professor X way back when to to cure him. You can't cure a mutant. Well, at least not in this movie. You can't. 
And so uh, he's using Jason to get into Professor X's mind to make a second Cerebro so they could go in and kill all the mutants. Oh no. So everything's going down. He's like trying to kill all the mutants. And meanwhile, everyone, all of our mutant friends are like, oh, my brain, it's hurting. It's so bad. But then luckily Magneto and Mystique get in there and Mystique pretends to to manipulate Jason now and now it's like kill all the humans and it's like oh now it's a reverse but we don't want to kill all the humans either they may be a problem we don't want everybody to die so now everyone's fighting the whole building's crumbling down water's gushing through the kids are still kidnapped but then they get them and one of those kids oh jubilee name drop what and then everything whoosh 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 finally though it's all works out it's resolved they're escaping they're getting out of there logan loon learns a little bit of truth but not enough truth but he realizes his truth is big with the x-men it's okay if he doesn't know everything and striker's now all chained up and his face is smooshed and he's about to die and they're leaving everyone it looks like all the kids everyone's rescued everything's gonna be happy but oh no the water it's gushing further what's gonna happen jean gray says i must do this and this is where her crazy new power set comes in because she's it turns out she knows something that we don't know and she's there and she's like goodbye and then she gets gushed flooded and she drowns and she dies and scott's like no and logan's like no and everyone's so sad and she's dead and they're back now at the school and it's like oh man our, our friend is dead and that's really sad but then at the very end we see the water and we overhear gene's voiceover it's the same voiceover that professor x says at the beginning of the first x-men and what is this a shadow in the water could that be the shadow of a phoenix x2 Bravo. Thank you. 10 minutes. I, I, I got to get shorter. I don't know. I think, I think I'm going too long. There's too much to summarize. Good job, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Snaps for Jamie. Snaps for Jamie. Everybody in the comments, share your love for that incredible recap. You were just, this is free, people. You just got that. All you had to do was click a link. That was free. I like to imagine that there's at least one person, because like I know I've listened to movie podcasts where I haven't seen the movie people are talking about. I like to imagine there's at least one person who has never seen these movies before and is just going off of Jamie's recap. And like I, I'm so jealous of that person. They're living a great life. <laughs> Yeah! Wow! What 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 am I? What, big zero! This the, the the fact that we don't charge hundreds of dollars per episode. What a gift! <laughs> uh, Jamie, great job! I I, I, I just rewatched the movie, but also I feel now again refreshed after hearing that recap. You you were worried about missing details and going out of order. I think you were pretty on top of it, right down to the jubilee name drop. We have uh, <laughs> we have quite a few things to discuss about this film. Uh, we're gonna take a quick little break, real quick. Give everybody a second to 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 breathe to to remember the film that they just got uh, dumped on them in such incredible fashion. Uh, what a recap. We'll take, when we come back, we're going to talk about the film, just some just talking points, Easter eggs, all that kind of stuff. And then we have our out of 10 scores at the end of uh, our X2 review. This is full spoilers. We'll see you in a moment. Welcome back to Phase Zero's X-Men Marathon Rewatch, The Road to Deadpool 3. We're on X2, X-Men United, and we're talking full, 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 full spoilers. Obviously, this movie's like 20 years old now, so that's fair. But uh, a wonderful recap by Jamie to start the show. We got some talking points to dive into. I've got a few written down. If you guys have anything, please just throw it in here. Uh, I want to start at the beginning of the movie. Uh, that opening scene in the White House was fantastic with Nightcrawler. I thought, like, it, it, after watching Wonder Woman 1984, uh, more recently than this, I have not watched X2 in years. Uh, I was like, wow, 
some some crazy stuff has happened near that Oval Office. But uh, this not only felt like okay, maybe they maybe Wonder Woman 1984 looked at this. I don't think Wonder Woman 1984 looked at this. I think they just were telling their story. But one thing I do think might have looked at this was the Quicksilver scene in X Men: Days of Future Past. Because in watching the sequence where he's taking out all the security guards and all that, and it starts going into slow motion, obviously a very different power. But I did get kind of vibes of that Quicksilver scene, which is one of the most iconic, you know, action sequences, mutant ability scenes. And I just think this was a brilliant way to open the movie. It's, it reminds you of the tone of this film, which we talked about for the first X-Men movie. And I, I, I love it. I love this sequence. I agree. I think it is such a cool way to just introduce a character. Like, I feel like we very mm -hmm. rarely get moments like these in superhero movies of just introducing through action. And I think this is such a cool way to, as Jamie eloquently described in the recap, like showcase his powers and everything. I love how Banff is usually how his powers are shown in the comics, but like what Jamie said needs to be canonized as well. Floof? <laughs> yeah. The night flooper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a great way to open the film. I think that, uh, as a kid, I was terrified of Nightcrawler because of this scene. This 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 scene stuck with me. This I, I this is one of my favorite openings of any movie ever. I love this opening. Are we? But I, I don't know what people think about this movie. Do you guys like that? Like we didn't say how we feel. <laughs> I was I figured we would just save it for the uh, the review portion. I because we did we That's usually okay. do reactions at the top and then we save our ten score. You guys want to just go reactions and then ten score later. I don't know. Oh, this is, uh, you're, you, you have to decide. <laughs> I mean, we can share reactions. We can go around. I think this movie's phenomenal. Plain and simple. Jamie, what do you think? Well, I've just been waiting to drop this bomb on everybody. Cause, uh, because I've teased it before and people have been waiting. Uh, this is my favorite Marvel movie of all time. And that includes wow. any MCU movie. This is my number one Marvel movie. I love this movie very much. It was my first big obsession uh when i was in middle school i saw it so many times in theaters and i think it holds up beautifully it is so well paced and i love these characters and it just it just makes me very very happy this movie i have to agree with you i agree i think it is just so so much fun i i think like it is easily one of my favorites out of the Fox first movies, like by far. But I think it's just in terms of character work and in terms of just like extrapolating what the X-Men are, I think this movie really, really hits the nail on the head. Rewatching it after so many years is kind of wild. It is funny watching this in a post-succession world and hearing Brian Cox's accent because it is very different than it was when I first watched this movie. But yeah, it is just, it's so enjoyable. I just, it, it's such a great time. Not nearly enough F-offs. From from uh, from Logan Roy, Aaron, what do you think? Uh, I re I haven't watched this in forever, so mm -hmm. it was kind of fun to revisit revisit it. Uh, I really enjoy it. I I think what marks it to me is that there's so much other setup for the next one and nods to the first one. And I think that that is a byproduct of being from before all these things had to interact with each other so that there is more time to breathe. You don't have to worry about other things. And I, I, I do have trouble wondering if I like it because I am old or if <laughs> it's actually good. There is a weird level of, I, I guess, I suppose. I can't be unfair because I asked it about everything that's from like that time period. It's like, I really love that. Like you're never, I'm never gonna have that much free time again. So of course I'm like, oh yes, burned into my brain. But it is also a really good movie. It's effectively plotted, you know, 
the, the set pieces be set piecing, as it were. I just don't know what the gasoline budget was for that scene outside of Bobby's house. Uh, <laughs> there are some real, I, I do have some other questions that we can get to later about some of this stuff, because also tragically, it feels like it could have literally been written about right now and it's from 2003 mm -hmm. or whatever, uh, which is kind of weird. Uh, so yeah, absolutely, g good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you mentioned the gasoline budget and just some of the this, the the effects in that sequences. That just generally in this movie, it's clearly very practical stuff that's used. I mean, they really made tornadoes for storm in that sequence, which is probably <laughs> the most impressive thing. But no, I mean, I, watching it back, I was like, man, I, this holds up for me. A because I loved it when I watched it the first time, but also in rewatching it and just being present, not having my phone out, just paying full attention to the movie for a rewatch, it just feels like we don't we overdo some of this stuff in some instances in, 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 in all, in all blockbuster films now where this simple stuff, I think the pendulum might start swinging back. Like I'll tell you what, watching Dune, which Jenna also just watched Dune. Have you guys seen Jamie Aaron? Have you guys seen Dune yet? Nope. Not till Thursday. I have tickets for Thursday. Okay. Well, Jenna, you might be able to vouch for this. Some of the stuff in Dune, obviously there's incredible visual effects and computerized stuff in that, but there's stuff they did practically. That's just so, astonishing like the worm stuff like the, oh my God. the worm sequence yeah i i was even i rewatched part one like before seeing part two and just like how tactile that movie is and how much like texture and just physical sets and everything and mm -hmm. like i wrote this on letterbox which is like after so many years now of having the volume just be the default for everything and vfx and cgi like it is so refreshing to just have this practicality exactly and so then bringing that back to x2 it's like when you do the practical stuff when you actually have hugh jackman wearing the claws or these police cars actually being lifted by explosions that are presumably mostly real and there's real flames not computerized flames the other parts where he's shooting the flames out of his hands you you kind of are in it more right i mean i i going back to this time was fun man i i, I think the pendulum's gonna swing back a bit and this is just a day after we found out the thing is going to be motion capture in fantastic four but hey that, I, I, that's a whole separate conversation we'll save that for wednesday uh and you'll have to hear where we fall on that on Wednesday's show. But yeah, I mean, I think that the practical effects in, in these movies are, are brilliant. And the way that they use all these powers, like we're seeing right now, Rogue, you know, touching, touching Pyro to make him stop. And I, all of it, I think that it was so well executed. Um, what else we got? Oh, I, another note that I had here was they kind of did a really good job of balancing these stories for characters of different ages. Like you have the more mature characters like like Wolverine, Gene, and Scott. And then you have the teenage characters like Rogue and Bobby and Pyro. And it like just when they interact, it where it's kind of like Jamie said, kind of weird for him to ask a question like that. But also like Bobby coming up and being the like the Iceman who's just like, yeah, I'm the boyfriend himself. And he like does his little cold trick on Logan's hand. Uh and then later on makes, you know, they he uses the the ice for uh to to, to cool down. Wolverine's Coca-Cola like he clearly is just trying to get into the good graces of, of Logan uh, I don't know I, I think that all the characters are just used really really well in this movie and their relationships and the differences in every way uh, are really well delivered and it's a big reason why this movie's so good 
I selfishly want that kind of character dynamic and like multi-generational approach when we get to them in the MCU. Like I, I can see the argument for just starting with the original five and just kind of building out from there. But I think if we just kind of have all of these different generations, especially the Krakoa era of the comics have really proved how effective that can be and how easy it can be to follow, even when everyone has all of these very convoluted histories. So I really selfishly hope that they do the same thing. Yeah, it's going to be tough to follow this, <laughs> the X-Men in general. That, it's going to be uh... tough. That's yeah. that's one of my main things is that people are so married to this one. I don't know. I would not like I laugh about Jamie's heard me do this before. I pity that kid who's gonna have to play Harry Potter. I pity mm -hmm. that little actor, mm -hmm. a little yeah. ten year old's gonna be coached a little brown haired little boy, and he's just gonna be sitting there like, Why does everybody keep asking me about freaking Daniel Radcliffe? We're the same height. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> you know, and it's just gonna follow them. So I don't know what you're gonna do. Um with with that I, I i would hope so but all the rumors back in the day were that feige likes that first five angel beast cyclops wolverine gene thing so that's what i and i think that could be interesting i love that weird part was it is that in hickman where like they come from the past and they interact with the ones from the present jenna that was around the same time i don't remember if it was exactly like canonical okay. to the krakoa era but that definitely was like within the past couple of years i i can see the yeah. argument for just starting with the original five it's just i don't think we have the time to like get, be that slow and have have as much of a slow burn with the approach to the x-men i think we need to just like get out of the gate and have as much fully fleshed out as we possibly can and then just have fun with it from there that's a big movie i hope that script's good <laughs> It, yeah. Keep Simon yeah. Kimberg away from it. We'll talk about Whoa, that more what? next week. We'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there at the National History Museum when everybody froze, I thought it was great because you like talking about practical effects, man, you could literally see the people just kind of stand there wobbling a little bit. Like they're kind of, they're just people standing there supposed to be frozen. Hey, I, I don't mind it. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't mind it. You don't need crazy matrix number of cameras to get these frozen people in place while the mutants move throughout them. But that was a cool effect that really showed Charles's power right out of the gate too. Uh, I have a note here that I thought Stryker played by Brian Cox was gold, great villain. I think Brian Cox is just such a, he just has such a presence on screen that, uh, that I really hope one day we get to see the backstory between, you know, Wolverine and and whatever, whatever uh, Stryker did to him in that like water tank and all that stuff. And put the, how he put the Adam in, you know, I feel like that could be its own movie, right? <laughs> that'll be awesome too uh what else we got oh jamie note that i thought of you uh when wolverine pulled his claws out because the cat was behind him mm -hmm. i was like oh man he put himself through that pain just just because there was a cat <laughs> uh oh. we had a kitty pride cameo when she dropped through the bed when the when the Soldiers were raiding Xavier's mansion. That scene was great. That whole sequence was great. Just speaks to the action direction of this film and uh, the pacing. We also had one of my favorite Colossus suit-up moments, possibly the only one. I don't remember any other ones. But when Colossus was standing in the in the the, the bedroom door frame and he turned in, turned from human to Colossus, I was like, damn, that was cool. And in that moment as a kid, I was like, he's my favorite character because that was so cool. But then he really doesn't do anything else. Um, <laughs> What else we got? Uh, the 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 absolutely insane method of escape for Magneto was vicious. The 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 injection of the iron into that soldier's booty cheeks, only for him to have it all ripped out of his body, was vicious. Man, that was that was that was 
just I, that's that's some good stuff. That's some intense stuff right there. Aaron is the one who likes the lighthearted, the fun. <laughs> you know, how's that make you feel? I mean, listen, after talking about Avatar Last Airbender, which is on Netflix for the last five days, I'm no stranger to bloodbending. I, that's, that's old hat at this point. Probably inspired by that scene. Funny enough, I imagine Brian Comisco and them were probably like, oh, yeah, write that down, write that down. Um, I I also am hilarious. I feel like I find it hilarious because I'm older now. So I resonate a lot more with Magneto and them. Like just being ruthless because I was like he was torturing him. Yeah, like oh that guy sucked. So yeah, <laughs> go ahead and rip the freaking iron out of his blood. It's cool. Like who cares? The game is the game. You locked me in a in like a weird plexiglass prison. All right, big bet. You gonna bleed out on this glass? Striker went in there with his glasses on, and then he, I'm pretty sure he had metal frames. And I was like, wait a second, hold on now, hold on one second. Earlier before that sequence, obviously, I was like, couldn't, couldn't Eric just put those through your skull right now? <laughs> I had the same question about Professor X's chair. I was like, wait a second, oh. there's no metal and none of that at all. Yeah. I believe he has like a plastic chair. Really? Okay. But like, how's it working? Pretty sure. I think motorized. Um, maybe his he uses his brain to move it. That would um, be sick. Oh, um, I think it's a plastic. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. I think oh, everything man. that looks like it could be metal is definitely plastic. They thought about it. <laughs> sure. I, it was a good opportunity to have all glass glasses on Striker. Oh, mm-hmm. But they didn't. Uh, I, another note, I just think that the action is tremendously, it paces the movie really well. You have great character moments interspersed. The Pirate vs. Police Chase was great. The jet crashing was great. Nightcrawler using his powers to catch Rogue as she got sucked out of the jet and then he catches her and brings her back. Awesome. Uh, Rogue, just great character altogether. Uh, but, you know, going back and I feel like a simple love triangle is all we used to need back then in these days, whether it was, you know, just, just the tension of characters, you know, are they, oh, are they gonna? Are they gonna? I hope they do, but they're not. Oh, no. Like, whether it's Pepper Potts and Tony Stark in 2008 or it's uh, Logan, you know, Sykes Scott and uh, and Jean in, in 2003. Uh, I, I think that that adds a lot to it. Give me the thruple in live action. That's all I want. That's all I want. I yes, please. I, I, it's, I didn't invent it, BD, okay? No. It's, it is canon. Shout out to Hickman. It, it, yeah, it is technically canon <laughs> as, of, as of a couple years ago. So. Uh. <laughs> BD is just speechless. <laughs> what else we got here? Oh, one thing I loved was Mystique sliding away through those doors, giving the middle finger. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Nice, nice touch right there. Wolverine versus Lady Deathstrike. When she pulled the, the claws out of her nails, I was like, oh, nice touch. That's, that's, that's a good bit. It's a good bit. And so was Wolverine. He had the same thought. Wolverine's backstory, quite interesting. They should make it back to a movie about that. Charles spent pretty much the whole movie alone. Like, Patrick Stewart was, like, on set with no, none of the main characters past the first few minutes of this movie. And I didn't it's still- even think about that. It's just still brilliant. And then the last few minutes as well. I think, and then I still made a fantastic movie. It's it's impressive stuff. Because normally, well, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 just had Rocket unconscious through the whole movie. So that still worked. And we still call it a Rocket movie. It works. Good stuff. Pyro joins Magneto at the end. Oh my gosh. Whenever X-Ray comes out, I can't wait to see what happens there. Uh, Pyro clearly leaning towards the bad guy. The great line of dialogue when he's ready to take on the cops um and a phoenix tease at the end there whoa 
whoa, was that a Phoenix tease? Are we going to get the Phoenix Force in X3? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Is Gene still alive? Whoa. Uh, those are my notes. Please take it from there, guys. Um, so I, at the very – oh, Jamie, go ahead. No, go ahead. I have a couple, okay, oh, I just okay. have one little Minor. thing. I, yeah, then yeah, you I go ahead. I just have one quick thing. Because um, this is the first time I've ever noticed this, which is crazy because I've seen this movie so many times, is that at one point early in his cell – Magneto is reading uh, The One's Future King. And then at the mm -hmm. end, Professor X says to his students, so who's read The One's Future King? And I think that that is an interesting, just further connection between Eric and Charles and their friendship. But also, like, that is about King Arthur and I uh, and his, like, you know, kind of rise to power. And I'm not and I'm not 100 percent sure what that's signifying, if it's signifying Gene or uh, what it's supposed to be. But it's definitely in there for a reason. That's really interesting. I think so. Charles also reading it later on. When we get to Apocalypse. They do a <laughs> callback to it right? um, in that too. So I'm not familiar with King Arthur's story. Really? Wow. Remind me. <laughs> is this a bit? Just... Is this a bit? <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, he pulls the sword from the stone and uh, yeah, he's got his round table and. Uh, my problem is that my number one uh, King Arthur movie that I've seen the most is The Mists of Avalon, and that is not the correct <laughs> King Arthur story. Uh, but Excalibur the is the one to watch. Say it again. You want to watch the definitive Charlie Hunnam version? Oh, God. Oh, watch man. the 1981 version. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Stewart's in the 1981 version, Excalibur. Watch that. <laughs> I love that we were all like, is this a bit? We were all like, there's no way. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> we still love you, Beauty. Um, I, I have a couple cameos that are in the movie. Obviously, there is uh, Dr. Hank McCoy is on the TV at one point, mm -hmm. but not the one that we're going to get later on, um, which is just kind of a funny bit. And then at the very end of the movie, uh, Danny Moonstar and Cypher are among the kids that are being taught by Xavier. Um, which is just really cute. And then I, I just wanted to acknowledge this because as somebody who has watched way too much DC television and television that is on the CW, the sets of this movie are very, very iconic <laughs> among all of those shows. This is the first movie that uses the same mansion that would become the Luther Mansion on Smallville and the Queen Man Mansion on Arrow. So I am very, very familiar with that building. And then the final fight occurs in a space that a lot of the Arrowverse shows used. If you remember the very, very first teaser trailer for Legends of Tomorrow, they shot a whole sequence in that scene and it never ended up in the actual show um and then even like the lake at the end of the movie i was like oh that's where like the blossom twins almost died in riverdale so it's very very <laughs> funny revisiting this with a lot of hindsight so it's all connected yes <laughs> um can i just say like it's not this isn't like a thing it's just more observation yo bobby's family sucks man yeah like hey stick yeah. his little brother rolling over on them is like hysterical sir sir we call we go go ahead oh so i read that ian mckellen like consulted on that scene in terms of like coming out like what it's mm -hmm. like to come out to your family and and, and we all know that's what it, it comes like you know x-men has always got that kind of underlining thing and i think it's cool that ian was like let me help you. <laughs> this is what yeah. it's like to come out, and I think that's neat. Yeah, uh, that it was a it was a really well executed scene in like just in terms of the message it was trying to send and how organically it fit into the plot of the story. So, if you ever thought X Men were not about some some messages and doing what's right, well, 
I don't know. It's a weird time to start that argument in 2024, but uh, this movie's 21 years old and they've been around a lot longer than that. Uh, I didn't know Ian McKellen sat in on that scene, though. That's really cool. That's really interesting. Bobby's brother needs to piss off, though. It sucks. Oh, man. Sucks. Yes. <laughs> <It> stinks. <laughs> that kid stinks. Honestly, all family stinks. Have you considered not being a mutant? Are you? Shut up. You stink. Um, <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, any any other points in the movie you guys want to discuss? Uh, the damn thing. My man has access to infinite resources and still chose to build it right there inside of it. Like, dog, you couldn't build this on the cliff uh, facing <laughs> it after watching Dominic Toretto meet, <laughs> meet some hardship on a, on a dam. I was like, yo, you should not just make anything in the middle of this. So much can go wrong, like every action movie I've ever seen. So it's interesting, I guess, just how much these stories sort of in, like impact and sort of influence the stuff that comes afterwards. And I'm like, how many damn set pieces have we seen in the last 20, 25 years? So where I'm Oh yeah. Remind oh. me of Goldeneye. Yeah. Uh, yeah we've, <laughs> we've seen a lot of damn dams. It's a lot. Um Is I also went seen in the MCU. Ooh. I don't think so. Guys. I don't think we've ever had a damn be a factor in nine hundred titles from Marvel Studios. I feel like if anything, it would have been on like one of the TV shows that like may or may not be canonical anymore. There's but not yeah, a I... single damn in any of Shield, Jamie. <sighs> Nothing is ringing a bell. Nick Fury was in one when he quote unquote died, but he died in Winter Soldier. He got shot. Oh, was that like his hideout? Maybe he got sniped through a wall. But but they take him to like a they they take Steve and all of them to like his bunker that he's hiding out at. I think they're saying that that was in a dam. Oh, is that true? Let me let me. I don't remember that at all, and I Mm. love Winter Soldier. So even still, no dam is breaking. (laughs) Yeah. Fury's hideout inside the dam. This is according to MCULocationScout.com. Uh, I I no, it's just got a picture of what I can't. I don't see a dam. I see. I don't know. I believe you, Phil. Uh, <laughs> Agent Carter. Was there a dam in Agent Carter? I don't remember if there was. The war count as a dam where the helicopter fell. Are we forgetting stuff? It's impossible. No, wait, hold on. The water didn't come from that in game, did it? Isn't that supposed to be upstate New York? Where's the dam at? No, that was that that was not a dam. That was like the impact, the explosions. Just they were by they were actually they were in upstate New York. So I don't know where the hell the water came from, but it did. <laughs> See, Doctor Strange was the dam. Uh, I, I I think it was a lake though, and then I think the explosion put them below sea level, basically. And then Doc Strange had to try to hold it off and could not anymore. So. Listen, we're not scientists. We no. watch Marvel movies. Hey, <laughs> I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm nothing but a, just a line of dialogue repeater. Can I uh, can I ask a random question? Go for it. it. I feel like some part of this feels like it's ripe for a revisit in ye old Deadpool and Wolverine. There are like at least two to three things where I'm like, could they go back to this? Like Gene's choice seems like an oddly like, oh man, it stuck out to me as like a flag of like, hey man, 
if I was Wolverine from some time period and I wanted to change one thing from my past that wasn't getting adamantium grafted to my skin or my bones against my will, saving her might be a thing, even though it would completely negate her agency. It would be problematic in its own right. <laughs> well, but I mean, we're, we'll get there, but Days of Future Past kind of retcons last stand anyway. So yeah. I, they make the a Days of Future Past movie after this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, uh, spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I do feel like it'd be silly if Deadpool and Wolverine did that when Days of Future Past kind of did that already. I do think if anything, they would retcon something from Last Stand, just because like that is like more notoriously disliked as a movie. And so I feel like that would be more of like a punchline for them. That's so interesting. I don't know. Well, okay. I feel like they could possibly, I, I think if they're going to revisit a sequence from this movie, which they very well might, because it is probably the most widely beloved X-Men movie. I think there's a chance it's the, the it's got to be an iconic sequence that like stands out in your memory when you think of the film, which I, to me is, there's a couple. One of them is the pyro scene with the police cars. Also in that scene, Wolverine dies. So I feel like they could do a thing where he's going back, like whether he's killing Wolverines or recruiting, you know, different Wolverines. That is a pivotal moment for Wolverine where he gets shot in the head and dies. So maybe the pyro scene outside of Bobby's house. And maybe Deadpool will go up there and kill that little son of a bitch brother for us. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, man. I feel like we're just writing fanfic now. That's <laughs> fine. Well, well yeah, we, know, we know Pyro's in the movie in some form. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we are just writing. It's the Phase Year Fanfic X2 review episode. Uh, all right, anything else from this before we get into our 10 scores? All right, quick break. We'll be right back for our out of 10 score, and then it's the official review when we get the average of it. See you in a moment. The moment you've all the moment you've all been waiting for the phase zero 10 out of 10 score for x2 x-men united starts now i usually go last i'm going first i don't care 10 out of 10 i think this movie's great i think this is one of the best marvel movies ever made i think it's one of the best x-men movies ever made i'll say this it's not my favorite of the x-men movies but i do think it's probably the best or one of the best uh we'll have to wait and see i've said it before but if you are just new just keep listening to us every Monday to find out which one's my favorite. Masterfully made film. Jamie. Oh, uh, five out of five. So 10 out of 10. Uh, I, again, my favorite Marvel movie ever. And there are, uh, that expands to a lot of movies. So obviously I have to give it the highest score possible. Man, yeah. I am I am like going to bring the ranking down a little bit out of a completely perfect score. I'm going to give it like a 8.5 out of 10. I, I still like thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. It might not be my absolute favorite of the Fox first movies, but I do agree that it is one of the best. And it, again, it might not even be in my like top 10 of favorite comic book movies, but I still do genuinely love it. So hmm. 8.5. Aaron Perrine. Uh, I've waffled on this quite a bit because I'm just like, even though I have certain like reservations about the deification of the past, it is a very well crafted movie on its own. So 
if, if my my uh let's shall we say ideological concerns about the fandom around the movie are not the film itself so i'm gonna give it a nine i think that i one of the things i've had a lot of problem with in the last couple of months is i'm like do we even deserve the x-men do we even deserve <laughs> it as a people like the fan base acting so wild this whole last five years that i'm like are you even going to be ready in a place to receive this the way it needs to be received in 2024. So all of that still remains, but a very well-crafted film. Aaron and Jenna hate X2, but our score <laughs> is a nine. A nine. Seven, five out of ten. That's the official phase zero number for X2, X-Men United. I mean, this movie's just fantastic. The performances, the dynamics, the pacing, uh-oh. I need everyone to remember if they think that our ranking is not high enough or whatever. Remember our ranking for Madam Web and like three out of the four of us still thoroughly enjoyed that movie. So like 9.3 is pretty good. Yeah. Jenna gave this movie 8.5 and like, oh, what a hater. An eight. That's still so high. We were too kind on Madam Web. We ranked that movie. We got a higher phase zero score than I will ever agree it should have. We were I will, nice. I will, I will, I will begrudgingly except our 9.3 which will round 9.375 peter has to make a graphic we're just going to say 9.4 cuz it's we're just going to round to the closest point 1 9.4 out of 10 for phase zero on x2 i think that's a pretty good this is a very good movie i'm not surprised we have it so highly ranked uh, i think this is going to be one of the higher ranked movies we ever review i don't think we gave 10 scores to the first x men movie did we we did not well no. we're not doing that now i can't put everybody on the spot for that sorry too much thought <laughs> uh so yeah, anybody in comment section, there's there's people watching live. Go ahead and drop your 10 score uh, in the comments so we can see what everybody in the Phase Zero community thinks of X2. Aaron, any last words for today's Phase Zero rewatch, review, recap, breakdown, discussion of X2, X-Men United? Uh, just interesting to get back into these characters. Interesting to be trying to do this and watch X-Men 97, like what's it called, the uh, anime series at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the very, very... Jarring differences, but some endearing similarities too. I also want to thank everybody who came to watch our panel at Virtuous Con over the weekend, talking with comic book creators about you know actually making these books. So appreciate that. Thank you guys. Nice, Jamie. Uh, kind of piggybacking off of Aaron, uh, I watched last night the entire Dark Phoenix arc of X Men: The Animated Series, so I am so ready to talk Last Stand next. <laughs> Uh, um, I, I could not be more ready to talk about that movie. Uh, I recommend if I know a lot of people are also rewatching the animated series. So try to get to that before Monday because no week from today because they're you're, they have extra hard feelings. Jenna. I agree. It is night and day. Those two adaptations. I will argue the animated series has the best adaptation of the Dark Phoenix saga ever. So, um, but yeah, it's at Hey It's Jenna Lynn on social media. And as always, go read some comics. If you liked any of the X Men characters in this movie, go go research their comic histories because, like I said, they're they all have very convoluted past that you can definitely dive into. All right, John. Thank you so much for hanging with us on a Monday or whatever day you're listening and watching. Uh, we appreciate you. We hope you had a good time. X three next Monday is our retro review happening here on phase zero wednesday we'll be back we got a lot to talk about we teased some of it in today's episode we'll have all the marvel marvel cinematic universe news for you on wednesday play our show for your mom play it for your dog leave a five-star review anything to help us keep the wheels turning and the lights on and getting epic guests we actually got some x197 stuff coming up here in a minute uh that i just got the email for before we did this show so uh stay tuned to phase zero for more on that 
See you there.